you're listening to C to Z of Movies. My name's uh, Colin on the C. With me is Zijan the Z. Uh, hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. I've got a bone to pick with you. you got a bone to pick? Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you say a bone to pick with me or a bond to pick with me? No, it's definitely a bone to pick with okay. you because you told me that my Leo Tolstoy films was like the worst quiz possible. I did. I did. Uh, I feel very recall um, Zijan's quiz suggestion of films based on the books of Tolstoy. Turns out there are only two that anyone's ever seen uh, outside of Russia. Uh, Sijan, do you have any, this, uh, yeah, anything this, you wanted to say? This time round, right. you set a quiz based on films with actors from Neighbours. I did. Okay. Russell Crowe was in Neighbours. Well, barely. Russell Crowe has at least 25 films. Yep. Yeah, something a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> something a bit, a bit interesting. Um, oh my goodness! This is this is going to be a worst quiz ever. Well, I'm, I knew you were going to I knew you were going to complain about this, but I thought you. Of course, I'll complain about this. Why wouldn't any anyone seen would complain about this? I thought you'd save it to the quiz section if I wanted. No, I'm not. Everyone, <laughs> everyone has to remember how angry I am, um, and why I deserve one bonus point for this alone. <laughs> oh wow! Well, desperation really has hit, hasn't it? This is. <laughs> Three quizzes down for the year and you're scraping around for bonus points. This is not scraping out a barrel. This is a horrible... Oh, I can't believe you made me do this. Well, anyway, this Spe- is great. And- Speaking of things I made you do, um, I also made you watch uh, No Time to Die, which is what we're talking about today, or two hours and 43 minutes of it. Wonderful. Uh, out in cinemas now. Uh, we've got a quiz. No, we've done talk about the quiz. We've got an uh, active factor where we're talking about the films of Helena Bonham Carter. That was your decision, Susan. There you go. Yeah. Still less films than Russell Crowe's films. Uh, I reckon she's probably made more films than Russell Crowe. Probably, but at least I don't have a quiz on it. Fair enough. Um, and of course, we start off as we always do with movie news. Sijen, hmm. uh, if you've calmed down enough to give us some of the highlights of the movie, the movie world, <laughs> what have you it's, got? It's, it's not a great two weeks for movie news, to be honest. Um, no. Yeah. So I'll take the biggest news first. Brilliant. <laughs> while, while, while we're at it. Um, so, uh, James Wan has added to his cast of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Returning from the first film will be um, Randall Park, which I completely forgot that he was in Aquaman as well. But he yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's straddling the, uh, the franchises. Yeah, he, he definitely is. Uh, and some more new uh, actors, uh, Janie Zhao, India Moore, Vincent Regan. Yeah, no one I've ever heard of. I don't know who this people are, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, and obviously, I think we've obviously got the, the, the main, pretty much everyone from the first pretty one. Pretty much back, everyone, yeah. Everyone's don't, back. Know if, don't know if Julie Andrews is confirmed to be <laughs> voicing that big creature or not. In case anyone's wondering why my voice is lower than normal, it's because I got a cold. I've been on holiday, Zijan. I went on holiday and I got a cold. And I spent about half the holiday just sitting feeling sorry for myself. I, I think uh, that's a sign, right? You shouldn't go on holidays ever again. That's a good point. I should just be chained At to home, the desk. Yeah, doing the podcast. Yeah. I should have spent more time researching uh, movie news. Um, here's my top news. Scarlett Johansson has settled with Disney. Uh, we may recall that she was uh, oh, yeah. uh, suing them to get um, money for Black Widow because it was released online rather than in cinemas or rather than just in cinemas. Uh, and they said that she showed a callous disregard um, in doing so. But they're all friends now. They're all happy. Of, of course, yeah. Um, Disney even mentioned that she's going to be working with them again in Tower of Terror huh. um, and 
they seem they haven't really quite ruled out Black Widow coming um, back in some form. Who knows? Uh, rumors are that she got forty million dollars out of it. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be friends for like half their amount. With with who? With, with anyone? Or with yeah. me? With me? With Disney, obviously. Disney, right? Yeah, yeah no. Do you want or to Scarlett Johansson? I'm happy either way. I'd be friends with Scarlett Johansson for for no money at all. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, Scarlett. Uh, I was a big fan of your work in. Hmm. You know, you should spend. <laughs> you, know, you know, this is why you can spend your time not going on holiday, thinking of films with Scarlett Johansson in. I mean, I can think of lots of films that are in. I'm just trying to think of ones that I really liked her in. Um, I, you know what? We bought a zoo. I think that's a good film. We, we you bought a really zoo. liked We Bought a Zoo. I really. It surprises me because it's it's an average film, but I really like it. I've seen it like six times. Wow. I really like that film. So if I meet Scarlett Hunt and I will win my way into her friendship group mm. by saying, Scarlett, I really liked you when we bought a zoo. <laughs> she might she she might think I'm mocking her, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well someone needs to like that film, right? So <laughs> Yeah, no no one else has seen it more than once. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's down to me. But yeah, they um they, they didn't say Black Widow's coming back, but they did say she feels very proud of the work she's done with Disney, creating this character. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, if the What If series is anything to go by, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Um, we've got more casting news for the new, the well, the Wonka prequel with Timothy Chalamet. Mm. Um, lots of British legends, uh, Olivia Coleman, Sally Hawkins and Rowan Atkinson will be joining the cast. I'm trying to think of Rowan Atkinson singing. He was that bird in Lion King, wasn't he? Um, Zazu, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So he's done a bit of singing. I don't think any of them... Have, has Olivia Coleman sung in anything before? Um, not that I can think of. Mm, Sally neither. Hawkins feels... Again, I can't think of what it would be, but I feel like she has. Anyway. Um, Tim Fedler or something like that oh. uh, is directing Sister Act 3 coming exclusively to Disney Plus when we were doing our predictions for the year I think <laughs> that was one of the things I was going to predict until it turned out that it had already been announced so, <laughs> um, or at least was certainly heavily rumoured uh, so there you go I, I, I watched Sister Act for the first time this year it's good fun yes uh, well, I've not yet got around to Sister Act 2 uh, I've not heard good things about it but Whoopi Gobert will be coming back reprising her role mm. I believe uh, Tim Federler apparently, um, yeah, he hasn't done a lot of big pictures. I think he's most well known for High School Musical, the musical TV Ooh. series. It's well, wonderful. Oh yeah, High School Musical, the the musical. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah do you know what it's about? Um, I mean, I know that it's a musical set in a high school. Yep, it's a musical set in a high school. Then the 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 teenagers found out that it's the same high school that was used to film High School Musical. Oh, very meta. Wow. I know, and hence it's why it's called High School Musical, the musical. I wonder if in Sister Act 3 they'll be putting on a production of Sister Act. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's all he does. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it. Why not? Well, I haven't seen Whoopi Goldberg in anything for a long, long time. I saw her on Graham Norton a while ago. She must have been yeah, advertising I... something, but I don't know what it was. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home director John Watts uh, will be writing and directing a film with George Clooney and Brad Pitt, both producing and starring in it. I feel um, like I said this. Didn't I say this last time? No. It can't be. Maybe it has been. I don't know. Well, let's just ca- carry on anyway. Maybe I didn't. Yeah. 
It's uh, no title yet, but it's going to be a thriller that follows two lone wolf fixers assigned to the same job. Yeah, I definitely said this. Oh, Dale? Yeah, pretty much word for word, I think. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's still true. It's still true. Uh, he's directing the new Fantastic Four, isn't he, John Watts? Ooh. It's all going on for John Watts. Uh, Ridley Scott says that Gladiator 2 will be ready to go as soon as his Napoleon movie is done. When you say it's ready to go, does it mean that it's going to happen or it's just, you know, if you want to pay me lots of money to do it, then I'll do it? Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming it means it's, it's all like scripts there, cast is done, everyone's lined up and we're just ready to shoot. I'm assuming that's what it means. I, I, there's been a lot of talk of Gladiator prequels or sequels or something over, over the years. Yep. Um, since they all died in the first one, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's going to start off a completely fresh story or what. Unless they're going to do a lot of de-aging, I think it's probably too late to do a prequel with Russell Crowe. Yeah. Um, there, there's going to be another Stephen King film adaptation. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, this is Hollywood right now, right? If uh, if it isn't Disney, it'll be another Stephen King adaptation. Is it? Ooh, yep. um, is, it is it The Stand? No, it's uh, based on a short story. All right. I'm pretty sure they are, they're making a film on The Stand as well. Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, this is based on the short story Mr. Harrigan's Phone, which uh, on screen will star Donald Sutherland and uh, Jaden Martell from It. Um, it tells of a young boy who befriends an older reclusive billionaire, Mr. Harrigan. And when the man passes away, the boy discovers that he is able to communicate with his friend from the grave through the iPhone that was buried with him. Mm, so, so it's a recent Stephen King story. It feels like it. It's quite modern. I mean, iPhones came out like what twenty years ago. So uh, when you say recent, I think maybe quite. maybe fifteen years ago. But um, mm. yeah, still, is it set in Maine? <laughs> Where else will you be set in, Colin? I mean, there's nowhere else. There's nowhere else. Um, one of, one of the things I did in uh, the first lockdown last year was memorize where all the U.S. states were. So uh, oh, well done. Uh, um, so I can tell you everything you need to know about Maine as long as what you need to know is where it is in the USA. <laughs> What's the capital of Maine? I don't know. <laughs> uh, is it Derry? It's definitely not Derry. I think Derry's fictional. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Derry is fictional. Um, yeah, but I was in a quiz yesterday or this week where, um, where we had to name um, states that bordered Canada. So it came in handy then. Maine is one of those. Uh, I haven't got any more news, Asian. You got any more? Uh, one last one. Venom 2 is breaking lots of box office records again. Um, just like so many, like Shang-Chi was breaking box office records. But mm. this time it's making nine, it made $90.1 million in the first three days. Um, and Whoa. Com- That's incredible. Yeah, you know, right? Uh, just for comparison's sake, Shang-Chi made $94.7 million, but over four days instead. So. Yeah. That's a lot of money that they've done. Um, it's also the first sequel to make more money than its predecessor. Uh, that amazes me. I mean, I, I just say, I know I've heard relatively good things about it, but it didn't feel like Venom had masses of fans clamoring for a second one. Clearly, none of them are Malaysian. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. We, well, we don't know, Zizan, we don't know if this film starts off with an apology to the, to the people <laughs> they, of Malaysia. They, they better do. I mean, come on. What I didn't notice when we watched Cruella early in the year is that although she's driving around London, she does drive in a, a car with the steering wheels on the wrong side. So, I, I wasn't oh yes, that's right. Yeah, I can I, yeah. remember the scene now. I can remember. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing stopping you doing that on a British road, but it's unusual. Yeah. 
What is it with Hollywood and their inability to figure out cars? Mm. Uh, well, Venom 2, we're not doing an episode on it, but I imagine we'll both watch it, so we will be talking about it at yep. some point. Um, Andy Serkis, I trust. And uh, Woody Harrelson is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we move on then, if that's all you've got. Yep. Yep. To see or not to Z, where we talk about films we've recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not, Z them. Uh, Zijan, what have you been watching? So, I started off this week, uh, this two weeks, thinking, oh, I've got this covered now. I watched the most uh, recent Charlie's Angels film. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, with, uh, which was directed by Elizabeth Banks and uh, Christian Stewart. And it was okay. Um, you know, I, I know it got some middling reviews. Um, I thought it was going to be pretty dire, but it was pretty good. But then, something popped out on my Netflix that I thought, hey, this is something my listeners would truly, truly want me to cover. Oh yeah, 100% want me to cover and okay. I actually finished it this morning to Good just work. talk about it today it is Diana the Musical the, what? <laughs> yep that was my reaction when I first saw it popping up on my Netflix uh, recommended list there is a musical about Princess Diana um, some people you? actually came into a room and thought hey you know what would be a very good idea we've got this best um, very well received TV series called The Crown which won lots of Emmys recently which stars a very um, uh, which, which, which has Princess Diana in it yeah. um, there's going to be this upcoming film with Kirsten Stewart yes. uh, you know, star of Charlie's Angels star of Charlie's Angels uh, playing Diana so why not let's make a musical about her uh, so this is this is a live musical, meaning they filmed this musical where it's being played in the LaSalle uh, Playhouse on Broadway. This musical has not officially been out on Broadway yet, so they're actually showing it to us on Netflix, hoping to entice people to watch the actual show, which I think is a poor, poor marketing strategy, I would okay. say. Um, and I have to say, <laughs> I've seen this whole musical, and this musical... Features music that sounds pretty much the same throughout. It shows very, very poor stereotypes of British people <laughs> and possibly some of the worst lyrics in musical theatre I've ever heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if you're Welsh, you will probably be offended by their portrayal of the Welsh. Um, oh, wow. okay. According to Diana, the musical, all Welsh are basically street urchins from Oliver. Um, huh. <laughs> um, and I have actually written down all uh, some of the r- lyrics, which oh, I think okay. you'll find hilarious, Colin. Looking forward to this, okay. Which will entice you to watch this film. So, uh, lyric number one. Um, when Diana met Charles um, after, you know, they broken up, they separated, kind of. You still look so handsome, Charles. How nice you've still kept fit. Nice, okay. Yep. Um, Lovely. The... Charles sang this when he was holding Prince William. Darling, I'm holding our son. So let me say, jolly well done. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Right. The paparazzi, (laughs) of course there's going to be paparazzi. Of of course they break down in song. Uh, They sang, better than a Guinness, better than a wank, snap a few pics, it's money in the bank. Oh boy. And that's that's painful. <laughs> Last of all, I have um, 
it's just a it's just a simple line where um, Diana was just feeling sad about marrying Charles, and she says she sings the line, "Serves me right for marrying a Scorpio." As okay. <laughs> So now I know the star sign of Prince Charles. So clearly, I learned something from this. Well, this is that's useful. Um, that's also uh, my star sign. Mm, there you go. So so I'm I'm uh, I'm offended not only as a Scorpio but also as someone who probably maybe has Welsh ancestry, <laughs> um, based on my surname being Welsh. Like so, this is prob- possibly one of the worst musicals I've ever seen, and your hope is satirical. <laughs> shape or form but I'm pretty sure it was made in lots of earnesty okay. um, so funnily enough I would recommend people watching it just to see how bad it is <laughs> I, yeah. I got a, I got a huge kick from watching it Colin it was really funny I don't, yeah, I don't really do the hot, hot so bad it's good thing <laughs> there's so many good films out there okay uh, how long is it Two hours. I'm not doing that. <laughs> 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 no, that's not uh, uh, well, so well, thank, th- thank you for your efforts, Dijan, um, for taking the hit so that so the rest of us didn't have to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree on Charlie's Angels, though. I thought it was surprisingly, surprisingly good. Hmm. And I would happily watch another. Uh, I just seen The Guilty, which I watched today, which Ooh. is new, new on Netflix. Antoine Fuqua uh, directing Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, uh, I want to watch an, this. Yeah, he plays a normal one operative um, who is also, well, he's, he's a policeman who is he's working there. Uh, and he gets a call from a woman who has been abducted. Uh, I think I, I think I talked on here, I can't remember, about a film called The Call. I think I did, um, starring Halle Berry not too yep. long ago. No. Which is very similar um, in concept because she plays a, a 911 operative, isn't the right word, is it? But um, call receiver, I don't know, um, who gets a call from a, a girl who's been abducted. Uh, so it plays, it's a similar similar idea, although this plays out a bit differently. Uh, and it's good. Yeah, I think I think they throw a bit much at it. So Jake Gyllenhaal's character, um, obviously he's a policeman who has got a court date coming up and you're not quite sure why, and his... Um, going through a divorce and he has asthma for some reason and there's basically quite a few different things going on at the same time um, but I think it's, it's tricky when almost all of it plays out from his point of view and on the phone you do get a couple of shots outside of that but it's pretty much unlike the call which kind of alternated between Halle Berry and Abigail Breslin a lot of the time this okay. is pretty much just him uh, I think he does maybe go a bit over the top as he sometimes does if he isn't reined in yep yeah, I get that. He does get over-enthusiastic in his roles. Yeah, and so you get a lot of him breaking down in tears and that stuff, which which is quite moving the first time or two, but yeah, maybe maybe could have been reined in a little bit. Uh, and it's got a twist, which I saw coming, but it was still good despite that. I think. Okay. So it's, it's, it's worth watching. It's, it's only an hour and a half. It's not a... It's quite it's quite breezy. Um, it's not... It's nowhere near as kind of dark as... The trailers um, made it out to be uh, no as dark as the call got because the the call surprised me by how how dark it became, uh. and this this is still fairly dark but nowhere near that, that dark. So it's worth watch. Um, I also watched Lucy. I can't. Remember, I don't think I talked about Lucy last time. Not Lucy, yeah. Kate. Lucy, <laughs> Lucy's a different film. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about Scarlett Johansson again. Close enough. Uh, uh, Kate, which is um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, ah yes the one uh, the assassin who was poisoned that's the one so I thought of this when when Phantom 2 came up because Woody Harrelson plays a supporting role in it. Um, 
I just thought I'd warn people off, to be honest, because it's really boring. Uh, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's good and stuff. Um, and it looks really nice. Like, it's kind of neon-soaked Tokyo streets and uh, assassin, yeah, so this assassin going through the uh, killing off people. But it's just so boring. Because, <laughs> basically, if, if you like set pieces of her attacking people, yep. then you probably get everything you need before the opening credits. <laughs> and then you just get that a lot. Mm. So, um, a bit of a disappointment, that one. So you may as well watch Diana the Musical then. That's that's precisely what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's quite funny that they they thought that all British people say the word bloody all the time, and that's what makes you guys British. I, I notice this a lot when there's an English character or British character in um in Hollywood. They're always saying bloody. Yeah, that's what you guys do. Bloody hell, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's how we talk. <laughs> really nailed that. Oh. Uh, oh dear. Well, speaking of, of famous uh, British people, James Bond is back. Uh, Daniel Craig is only the second English person to play James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Sean Connery was Scottish and Timothy Dalton was Welsh and Pierce Boston was Irish and George Lazenby was Australian. So it's just him and Roger Moore who are actually English like the character. Um, Zijan, tell us a little bit about No Time to Die. Uh, so this is the 25th James Bond film. Um, I'm pretty sure some people know this. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> and this is uh, Daniel Craig in his uh, fifth and final outing. This was directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga. It was written uh, partly by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, who you have all known from uh, Fleabag fame. Um, it stars Lea Seydoux. Uh, ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, uh, Lashana Lynch, and Rami Malek. Mm. Um, yep, some of them who are reprising their previous roles in the previous Bond films. So, so we've been waiting uh, a year a long and a time. half for this. <laughs> um, this was the first film that was postponed because of the pandemic. I think yeah, it was postponed for a long time. After yeah, that. I think yeah, first of all it was postponed for a few months, and then yeah, postponed again, and again, and again. It finally came out. Uh, it's doing very well, I think. It's it's getting good reviews. It's getting a lot of people back into cinemas. It was the saviour of cinema, according to some people, although I'm pretty sure they all said the same thing about Shang-Chi. Um, but it does seem to... It's broken all sorts of records um, mm. that I can't remember. And it more or less continues straight from Spectre. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like I completely forgot what happened in Spectre. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, I rewatched Spectre uh, maybe a week or two ago, so that held... Yeah, I can imagine. I was like, ah, so because so I'll just set the scene because the scene begins. Well, well, the scene, the 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 film sort of begins with uh, you see James Bond and Madeline Winter, Madeline Swan. Swan. And yep, and I didn't know who Madeline Swan was. Right. <laughs> because I completely <laughs> forgot all about Spectre. I was like, oh, okay, this is just a you know generic Bond girl who probably die in the first few minutes. Ah, um, right. Yeah. Okay. Cle- clearly not. You know, clearly not. Apparently, they fell in love at the end of Spectre. I forgot that. What <laughs> happened? Did, did they actually uh, fall in love? Uh, they certainly did. It was very moving. It was oh, very was moving. it? Um, that whole scene in Spectre where the Blofeld's like, I'm going to drill into your brain and you'll never remember what her face looks like again. And then he drilled into his brain and it did nothing. Uh, my type of romance there. Um, then they had the biggest explosion ever recorded on film and then they walked off into the sunset together. Ah. It was, uh, it was, I'm, I'm a big fan actually of Madeline Swan and uh, and Leah Siddow. She, you might remember her from um, Mission Impossible 4 
They all blend into one, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, as you say, it kicks off from there. They, they spend their time together in Italy. Um, we should say we'll start with non-spoilers and then oh. we'll get on to spoilers, of which yeah. there are more than you might expect from a James Bond film. Yep. That's fair to say. Um, well, let's, let's, let's start with the theme song because it's a James Bond film. Everyone, oh, yes, this is the song sung by Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish, we're both uh, we're both young and uh, young, and, young and hip, cool is, people. Is that what is that what they call us now? No, uh, Peng Peng, that's the word. Peng. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're both Peng, um, and I thought this was one of the worst Bond themes recorded. Oh, did you? As, I mean, maybe I'm being unfair because I've only heard it the once, but I, it felt so unmemorable and not very Bondy to me. Yeah, I didn't mind that much. Um, it's like it felt like a generic Bond song, honestly. Oh, I I, this is how much I care about Bond, guys. It's basically like why you don't get me to do any of the Star Wars reviews as well, Colin. Because like, yeah. um, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure you mentioned multiple times that you know you literally had to make me watch this film. So that is true. Well, maybe let's start there before we get. So we so you, okay. That, that's the theme dealt with. That's our that's our musical critique over. Yep. Um, so where are you with James Bond? So there's 25 James Bond films. Of those, approximately yes. how many would you say that you've seen? I've definitely finished the... Uh, I, I've definitely seen all of um, Daniel Craig's films. Yep. Uh, I've definitely seen at least three of Pierce Brosnan films. Okay. okay. And that's it. No, okay, fine. <laughs> um, so there are at least a couple of references in this film that may have been lost on you. Uh, we'll get to those. Yep. So is, this is not. It's fair to say that you weren't um, on the edge of your seat waiting for this one to come out. Should I be? Like, why? Why are people? <laughs> well, that's, it's a weird thing because whilst there are, I think, big James, well, there are big James Bond fans. By there's a lot of us like me who kind of like it and will watch it, but aren't that excited by it. And I, I'm not sure if that's mainly a British thing. I, I saw an interview with some of the cast on Graham Norton, and mm. saying like to Leia said though. Um, so have you uh, did you like the James Bond films growing up he's like I never heard of them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, clearly they didn't make it uh, big in France and I guess uh, maybe it is um, peculiarly big in this country Mm. so yeah I'm not a devotee but I've watched them all and yeah I enjoy I enjoy them as next to the next guy Um, so I guess that's that's where we are with that I knew I I had rewatched Spectre so I did I did know a bit more uh, going into that uh, well, let's run through the cast. Daniel Craig, he, uh, he's Bond. Um, he does his Bond stuff. Uh, he he did a few more quips this time, I thought. A few more uh, yep. Bond quips. I don't think he's very good at quips. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge who's writing the, the script, right? So I'm not surprised to see those quips in them, in there. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, quips is... Bond has been doing quips ever since, ever since Sean Connery, but they, they tend to be... So there's one scene where someone's head explodes, yeah, and James Bond says it blew his mind. That's a very James Bond quip. <laughs> um, that's the that's. The, I mean, I, I've not seen Fleabag, but I imagine Phoebe Waller-Bridge is generally working at a slightly more sophisticated level than that. Yep, definitely, one hundred percent. But yeah, things like I mean, Sean Connery he threw a toaster into a, or maybe a radio, I forget, into a bath and said shocking. That's, that's, the, that's the kind of level the James Bond usually, <laughs> yep. usually works at. So we had a few more, and I think Daniel Craig isn't the most quippy Bond. Um, so it might have worked with Pierce Brosnan doing it or Roger Moore. Um, but I feel that he's he's not too hot on those. Um, we had Anna de Armas. Uh, 
uh, fresh from appearing alongside Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Yeah, that's true. Um, she only appears very briefly, though. She. Yeah. I, think. I was expecting more. I was, I, in fact, I was expecting her to come back in the third act. Yeah. Um, that didn't happen. But she didn't. So traditionally in James Bond films, there's a first Bond girl who yep. James Bond sleeps with and then quite often gets killed. Uh, well, either dies or becomes uh, part of the villain, right? Yes. Villain, so. Yeah. And he couldn't sleep with her in this one because he was still supposed to be in love with Madeline Swan. Yes, exactly. So she just well, lives then. Basically. She's there too. So uh, there was some suggestion that some... Uh, some of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's work was, was on her dialogue particularly where she was basically like James Bond you're way too old leave me alone <laughs> which, which I get it but my god man um, Daniel Craig he's like fifth, early 50s mm. and he's still built like a truck like, yeah he's, he's good, uh, good on him man he's a good looking a good looking guy um, even if he is in his 50s I mean it's, I say Roger Moore was still going Older than that, I think, and, and he was basically just shuffling around. <laughs> At that point. You just felt like, oh, just just put a rug over your knees and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they didn't have the de-aging technique they did like, back in those days. No, no. Uh, but I liked Anna Darmus. I thought she was very funny in this. Uh, I'd like to see more of her. I don't think we will. But um, what was that? Uh, Lashana Lynch was there um, playing the new 007. Yep. Um, there was a lot of controversy with this introduction of um, New mm. 007. Um, yeah, and it's very annoying because like as much like I, as I, I don't really care about, you know, having a 007 played by a black woman, but her character basically doesn't add much to this film at she all. She seems fundamentally pointless, yeah. She really is. Uh, and she's always late for everything as well. <laughs> like, come on, okay. man, just drive faster. <laughs> Why? You, you are a secret agent. Like, how... Yeah, you you just come across as very incompetent half the time, but yeah, it, it felt like she was the whole role was just there to cause a bit of a stir. Yeah, it was exactly. like, w- wouldn't it get us some headlines if we had a black woman playing 007? Very little. I mean, in a film that ran for two hours forty three minutes, exactly. You, she, you feel like you could flesh out that more than they did. Like, yeah, you could. You could just uh, that's that's the issue. Like, you could just remove the entire character and you wouldn't lose anything from it. Yeah, mm. and I said we're getting into spoilers, but it, it didn't feel like it was worth it for any. <laughs> any no. future reasons either no um, so yeah that was that was a disappointment um, speaking of disappointments Rami Malek Oscar winner um, oh. played the villain whose name escapes me um, um, Safin Safin good name he is what I imagine Michael Jackson would be if he was a villain because <laughs> of the mask <laughs> and more okay and, and um, the way he carries himself throughout this whole film fair enough so there's mm. been some great villains down the years in James Bond um, there's also been some very dull ones. I I would rank him as one of the dull ones. Yeah, he was very disappointing. I would say very very disappointing. You you know for for that kind of um, villain, you need to be exceedingly charismatic. You know mm. for um, you know to to be able to capture the audience interest, and he was definitely not. Uh, I was, and I still do not understand what his grand plan was no we'll, we'll come on to that, i guess in spoilers but uh th- that's my biggest problem with this film is how little anything is explained particularly for him mm. but yeah we'll, we'll, um that was a great frustration but if, if you're following christoph Falt, so i thought even though i didn't particularly like the plot of his blowfeld i thought he, he's, he's obviously a very charismatic villain um and yeah very much i mean i kind of was drifting off during some of his speeches <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was definitely not impressed 
um, by Rami Malek's performance at all. Um, and then we've got various returning people, as you've said. So we've got um, Ray Fiennes as back as M, mm-hmm. who I thought was quite bad in this, actually. I liked him in the previous one, but I didn't think he was very good in this. Uh, we've got Naomi Harris, who was good, but didn't get to do a huge amount as Money nope. Penny. Yep. Um, we've got Ben Wishaw as, as Q. Q as solid as ever, I would say. Yeah, he's good. He's fun. Um, I think when they turn up at his flat, I thought it was funny in that. Yep. Um, it reminds me, there was this weird trailer where he was just narrating to ca- or speaking to camera about James Bond, which I just thought was very strange. Anyway, they cut that trailer fairly quickly. Anyway, uh, is that every one of note? Am I missing anyone? That's pretty much it, I would say. We haven't talked much. Well, we already talked a little bit about Leia Said, though, I thought it was very good. Mm. Um, and is where we start the film. We start the film with, with uh, a flashback on as her childhood, where those people who keenly remember the events of Spectre will know <laughs> that she's talked about people coming in and uh, uh, attacking her. Oh, that, that came in Spectre. That was in Spectre as well. Yep. Wow. Um, wow, they're really, they're really doing this whole universe thing very well. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all tying it together. Um, uh, dear. Yeah, I think... I think your memory of Spectre is probably not dissimilar to many of the cinema-going public memory of Spectre, so maybe it was a bit of a pun. What happened in Spectre? I, I remember Skyfall quite well, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, brief brief overview of Spectre then for, yes. our, for our listeners. Yes, Colin, why um, not? So, um, James Bond, he discovers that his former uh, adopted brother, Blofeld, is in fact a baddie. Uh, and... Along the way, he falls in love with Leia Sido, who is the daughter of Mr. White from previous films, uh, who hey, gives him hints to go along his way. Mm. And uh, they both turn up in Blofeld's lair. Blofeld is going to drill... I say, it's this whole thing where he drills him in the head. I mean, it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> and then um, James Bond goes on a speedboat down the Thames, chasing his helicopter, and has the opportunity to shoot him in the head, but instead says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go off with Madeline's one. It's the crux of Spectre. There's this whole thing where he has to rescue her from a building and Blofeld's like, you know everything that happened in those previous films? It was me. It was all me. Uh, so he, Blofeld was the mastermind behind everything else that had gone on. I right. respect it. Um, it had an Oscar-winning song from Sam Smith. Uh-huh. Um, so y- you haven't seen then uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service uh, mm. starring George Lazenby. No. So you won't recognise the references to it uh, when James Bond's... So I think in Italy still, um, or certainly in, towards the beginning of the film where, where James Bond says to Madeline Swan, we've got all the time in the world, and then they drive around the hill when it plays a little bit of Louis Armstrong's We've Got All the Time in the World in the background, which is a reference to that film uh, where James Bond got married to a character played by Diana Rigg. See? All sorts of stuff going on here. Yep. Anyway, should, should, should I care about it? Um, well, it was. I think it was kind of a, a fairly good shorthand for saying he's happy now because that okay. was the position. In, in I mean, in, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, he gets married and drives off, and then his wife gets killed almost immediately. So it's kind of a shorthand for he's happy now, but troubles are ahead. Okay, all um, right. It's nice to reference to that, and they're playing some of, the, some of that tune in there, which I, which was pleasant. I like the stuff in Italy. I thought it was a very nice little Italian town. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the action scenes there were pretty good, but you pretty much saw it all of it in the trailer anyway. I think yes. most of the action scenes in the trailer were in Italy. With the famous bit of him jumping off the bridge. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The rope bridge was pretty good. Mm. I have to say, disappointingly, those are probably the best action scenes of the whole film as well. 
Yeah, I think because the trailer is also making a big deal about one where there's um where there's a big car or fan thing that topples over him next to him. But yep. I'd say that yeah. oh, didn't impress me that much. I think you're right. I think the Italian stuff looked the best. Yep, definitely. And then yeah, because everything's in the trailers. You see the the car running towards him. He ducks behind the the stone, and then mm. he riding the motorcycle up the ramp. Oh, that was up. good. Yeah, 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 that looks really good. But yeah, all all done with, with Italy. So yeah, so you see you'll see the best action scenes in the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and you get, uh, but then he he, and again, this isn't really spoilers. I don't think because it's all at least hint at in the trailers. He suspects that Madeline has in fact betrayed him to Spectre. Hmm. And so on the flimsiest of uh, of evidence, uh, he breaks up with her. And there's a very moving scene where he shoves on a train and she's running off to try and get one last glimpse of him, which and I thought was very well done. And he turns away. And he turns away, brought a tear to my eyes, isn't uh, Because I, unlike some people, <laughs> fondly remembered the, uh, the burgeoning relationship they had in the previous film. You're so English as well. I am so English, indeed. Um, uh, unlike Lierce, though, who was uh, so French. Anyway, it's lovely. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say pre-spoilers. Um, one thing about James Bond is he loves a gadget. Is it just me, or were there no real gadgets in this film? Mm, uh, no, but I think it's always been the same for the all the Daniel Craig films. Yeah. Um, because I, I read in the interview that he says that he wants... Um, Gadgets that are functional and that's it. No, no, no fancy gadgets that you used to have in the past, um, and they are pretty much all used in the first, um, you know, the first few minutes after getting those gadgets as well. So they're they're used very quickly. Um, but yeah, he he is the Bond that doesn't like the gadgets that much. Yeah, and I thought they were building more to that. So in space, they did have a, a few more because in Skyfall, it was like your gadget is this gun. <laughs> so, wow, cool. Wow. <laughs> uh, or this little radio. Uh, whereas this one it was a little EMP I think he got but mm. yeah back in the day it used to be things like uh, this we're going to give you a, a jacket that also becomes a large inflatable ball in case you get stuck in a snowdrift yeah I mean James Bond is known for his gadgets yeah in general, but uh, that's part of his um, his uh, he's a bit grittier that? this guy isn't he exactly <laughs> Daniel Craig is the rough and tumble James Bond yeah yeah maybe uh, maybe next time <laughs> Uh, we saw some pictures of uh, of previous M's. We saw a, a painting of Judy Dench and a painting of Bernard Lee, who you won't know, but he played M in uh, the first, ooh, I don't know, 10 or so James Bond films um, for Sean Connery and Roger Moore. So that was a nice little touch for those people who know and love James Bond. Uh, did you could you could you t- tell uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's writing on this? I, I don't know if you watch Fleabag. But, uh, I, I watch Fleabag, but no, I can't. No, because I think it's the, the same two people who've written more or less every James Bond film yep. were accredited, and also uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Yep, the director. Yep. He, I don't remember him being having the middle name when he was doing. Um, yeah, he was series. known as Kerry Fukunaga back back then. Uh, but now I, I can't pick up uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge's uh, writing from this at all. Maniac. Um, no, I okay. Not I say I I. I've not seen Fleabag, but I kind of had an idea of what kind of... I've seen clips. And I, mm. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Uh, apart from once or twice, maybe. Um, do you want to go to spoilers? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, yeah. yeah, I can start by saying that I didn't name all the cast members who appeared in this mm. film. Because yeah. you ha- kind of have to 
to to prevent any spoilers. So yep. I, I I just say that main one of the main spoilers is that Christopher Watts is back. Yeah, he uh, he does his stuff well. I, I, <laughs> I, I like I don't like the the backstory, but I like the performance. But but that's the thing is yes, well when you see when you have Blofeld there and when you have Safin there, mm. um, like you can tell the the difference between the performances between both uh, actors and Christopher Watts really really he he was, he was chewing the scene a bit obviously. But yeah, he, yeah. He he he's so watchable. Yes, and also an Oscar winner, I think, mm. um, at least once. And his whole thing of James Bond's like, Madeline's one betrayed me, because, you know, maybe. And then Blofeld <laughs> says, no, no, she didn't. And, so he's, and he buys it. I think he's, he's really going back and forth quite quickly on this, just because yeah. his arch nemesis says that she didn't. <laughs> he's like, oh, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, they had... Um, well, we haven't talked about the, the main plot, I guess, which is... There's some clever DNA type stuff. Nanobots. Nano, nano, but I can't believe they said nanobots in a James Bond film. Um, where it can be coded to either an individual's DNA or a family or a whole race, um, and anyone coming in contact with that will die. And uh, and in fact, fairly in, in what I thought was a really good scene, and probably should have been the whole plot of the film rather than all done and dust in the first hour, mm. was this whole thing with. Blofeld had set it up to kill James Bond, but someone had, this German scientist guy had switched. Is he German? Anyway, um, had switched the uh, DNA coding so it killed everyone who worked for Spectre instead. Yep. Which I thought was pretty cool. And I say that would have been a good final act, I think. It would do. Yeah, that would, be a, that would be a good idea. But instead, we get Rami Malik, whose plot I still have no discernible clue what it's meant to be. No. Um, he he was initially betrayed by Madeline's family, uh, hence he was seeking revenge. Okay, I get that. Yep. I think uh, Madeline's dad was working for Spectre, so he seeked revenge for yep. Spectre. He, so I get that yep. bit. Yeah, his dad was her, her dad was in the last film, as you recall. Yeah, and then he wanted to kill half the world for some so reason. He, so it's like so he kidnaps her. Yeah, not entirely clear why. <laughs> in in one line of dialogue, he seems to James Bond something like we both love Madeleine Swan so I guess he's saying he's in love with her but that was never I mean that was the first time it was even hinted at and he hasn't seen her since she was like 11 or something so it's all a bit um, yeah oh dear uh, yeah so so that's not clear why then he separates her from her child by the way she's got a child um, during the five years that she yep. and James Bond were separated um, n- no idea why he did that held the child hostage for yeah. a bit trying to get James Bond to drop his gun maybe I guess so don't know why he wanted James Bond there and then yeah he's got this plan to kill millions of people but no one knows why <laughs> um, he th- well he let the girl go as well for no apparent reason yes didn't Just she bite him or something he was like yeah, oh. she bit him and that's it yeah, he was like I've done. had enough of this <laughs> <laughs> I know right <laughs> and then it- Oh it's yeah, I think this is, so this film's got to say great reviews and, and there's a lot of it I do like, but this is what really frustrated me is that it felt like whoever is writing well the people writing this we just thought, well you know what James Bond villains do, they try and kill millions of people. It's like okay, yeah. But the, just have one line of dialogue explaining it. Because yep. if he'd said something like, they all laughed at me because of my scars, well, they're not going to be laughing now, or something like that. It's a, it's a rubbish motive, but at least it's something. There was Rather, nothing in this. It was just yeah. meaningless. 
Yeah, it's it's so stupid. It's stupid. It really <laughs> and is. And then you briefly get this thing like where the, the scientist says to Lashana Lynch with yeah, just one press of one button I could wipe out your entire race. And like what whoa, is this is this a racist thing? Because no one said anything about that before. Yep. So, and then he gets killed like two seconds later. It was kind of a stupid thing for him to say, given that, you know, it's not like he was threatening her ear. He was not in like, it's not like he was in a threatening position towards no. her anyway. It's like, why why are you taunting her? I mean, like, do you know that she's she has all the upper hands in this yeah. uh, situation not, yeah. right now? You're not in front of some machine where you can press a button. You're standing <laughs> next to a big vat of poison. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you completely on this. Um, it's yeah, that the ending is oh, the the, the plot uh, makes zero sense. So I have a theory. So um, so the big spoiler we haven't actually before we get to the big spoiler, mm. um, we have also there's one returning character we've not mentioned, uh, which is Felix Leiter, as played by Jeffrey Wright. Ah uh, yes. Um, so Felix Leiter is is a recurring character throughout the James Bond franchise, but we've seen Jeffrey Wright for as this character in Casino Royale. Mm. Uh, he comes back. Uh, he's good. I like. I, like, I think he does this character well. Mm. Um, and he dies. And that's the first point where I was thinking, ah, you're, you're killing Felix Leiter. That's quite a big move because I say he is. He's one of the main James Bond characters. Or he, he kind of comes in and out. And then they killed Blofeld. Yep. Because Madeline Swan had been blackmailed or something into taking the nanobots to him and then they got wiped off on James Bond who then touched him and so he gets killed and think, oh, you're killing Blofeld after one and a half films. Okay. Good, good. More people to die. Yeah. Um, which means maybe when James Bond says to Madeline Swan, I'll be, I'll see you in a minute, the classic line that people say when they're about to be killed, <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're actually going to do it. And then, you know what, Zijan, they did. They did they killed it. Killed James Bond. They killed James Bond. So I have a theory that they wanted to have this final scenario where he couldn't ever touch his daughter. Turns out it's his daughter, uh, or, or Madeline Swan again. And so they wanted to have him trapped on this island and say unable to reunite with her. And then they they kind of worked backwards from there. That makes sense a lot. It feels like they sacrificed the whole plot of the movie to give character development to James Bond and it was a I thought a very good ending mm-hmm. as in I the final the final couple of scenes um, yep. really moving really well done but the, the bits they moved to get there <laughs> they just didn't bother making them make any sense <laughs> yep ah dear uh, so he has the line so early in the film he said we have all the time in the world I say a reference to um, Bond and Secret Service he then says you have all the time in the world which I thought was a very good finishing line for him and of course, her final line, Madeline Swan, let me tell you about your father. His name was Bond, James Bond, which I thought was very nice and would have been even better if they hadn't already used Bond, James Bond as a gag when he was trying to get into MI6. Uh, we didn't mention that Rory Kinnear is back as well. There you go. Uh, I, I um, think everyone expects Rory Kinnear to be your dad, right? Yeah. So were you surprised when they killed Bond or did you see it coming? Or uh, I was surprised that they, yeah, they killed Bond because, you know, he seems to be immortal. Um, I was definitely, I was quite happy um, with the ending. It, it was very good. It's, it's a good fitting end for Daniel Craig's Bond tenure, I would say. Mm. Like, I think, I feel like in this film, it probably gives the most character development for James Bond ever in a film. Uh, 
maybe because I didn't, I don't remember any of their previous films as well. <laughs> but but I, it feels like that to me because James Bond always seems to me the same person at the beginning and at the end of the film. So, uh, this feels like you know there's a lot more weight behind it because you know um, he he's fallen in love, he has a child. Mm. You know, um, there, there's some more depth to him that you know that you see in him rather than just the selfish womanizer in previous films, right? Or maybe that's just my idea of what James Bond is. And well, I, think, <laughs> I think you're right. So, um, so I think in, in Casino Royale, you saw him have a genuine relationship with with Vesper Lind, um, and then you kind of saw the aftermath of that. And I say in, in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, you saw him generally fall in love and, and get, get married. But more or less every other Bond film, yeah, he's just seducing women and, and has no real. Uh, love for them, so it was it was a moving and and a, and a fitting climax. I'll tell you who didn't think that um, was a guy in my cinema who left <laughs> with five minutes to go. Um, he was James Bond was on the on the phone, I think, with Madeline Swan, and this guy just walked out. I was I was intrigued. Was mm, like, good typing. It's like how I don't know, did you just hate the ending that much? <laughs> like, I'm not sticking. Here, I'm not staying here for five more minutes. I was I wanted to go and ask him. Anyway. Uh, this so one, film is far too long. It's too long. Yeah, I think there's there's too much plot. But yeah, uh, there's too, too much and too little at the same time. Yes, that's fa- that's fair. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on, but not a lot of stuff really properly explained. Yes. So, uh, what, what do you think the future holds for James Bond? Well, we need to find out who the next James Bond will be like as well. Whether the older James Bond or younger James Bond, because Daniel Craig was much older than his predecessors when he first took up the job, right? Um, I don't think so. Is he not? I thought... I could be wrong. Mm. He's been doing it for 15 years now. Oh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it depends on what, first of all, what kind of age they start with uh, in James Bond and you know, where it goes from there. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I'm too invested in the James Bond franchise to really no, you know, want to want, yeah, have any, an, a good opinion on what want it to be I mean, yeah. I think it's because Daniel Craig is the first time they've actually rebooted the franchise every previous Bond has just carried on from the previous one yeah. as if it was the same person which obviously has got a lot of logical holes when it's going on for decades and decades um, obviously he's dead now so either I I, I, want, I do wonder if they'll try and run a spin-off I see I felt like Lashana Lynch that's what they're going for but she does so little in this film I don't think yeah. a spin-off would work with I don't her. think yeah, same like yeah. Uh, fair fair dues to the Shadow Lynch like I've seen her in better stuff but yeah, yeah she yeah. really had nothing to do here because um, I, I know after die another day they they were planning to do a, a spin off with Halle Berry and that obviously never happened so um I don't think that's where they're gonna go so I, I suspect just reboot it again but it's it's a tricky job they've set themselves because I don't think we want to see how does he become James Bond again immediately so who knows who knows um, they've managed to pull off enough times since 1960 whatever it is 1963 that I'm sure they'll be able to do it again um, so overall what would you say is this a disappointment or are you happy with it or you don't just don't really care that much or yeah like I, I, I did enjoy the first two thirds of the film maybe uh, it was way too long and yeah, I, I wouldn't watch it again yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I think I, I'm probably the same. I, I was really enjoying it, and then it just kept dragging along. And uh, I think there's a really good film in there that they didn't quite manage to find. Oh, no. so. oh well. Uh, we move on then to Actor Factor. We talk about the films of Helena Bonham Carter, mm-hmm. uh, of which I've seen 20, apparently. 
that's quite a lot. I didn't split out the Harry Potter films. Okay. Um, so with with that being one gigantic film, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen. So okay. probably quite close to yours actually. Yeah, if I split out. Mm. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah. So Hannah Bonham Carter, most would know her from all her Tim Burton collaborations. So just to name a few, she was in Sweeney Todd, which uh, which I loved a lot uh, because it's based on Stephen Sondheim's uh, music, which I do like a lot. She was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, Alice in Wonderland, um, lots of animated films as well. The Cops Bride, for example, with uh, Tim Burton. Um, they, they do have this, they do have quite good rapport. Um, I think all are pretty... Decent films, and you can see Tim Burton's touch in all of them, really. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, they're, they're okay. Um, and then, if, I put the Gruffalo down here as well. Oh, yeah. Does, does that count? I love the Gruffalo. Um, uh, I guess so. I've not seen that. <laughs> um, my, she, she, she voices Mother Squirrel. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess the film that I wanted to speak about that she was in is uh, Big Fish. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, because I feel like it's a very underrated film. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays, uh, uh, you know, plays a guy who goes back to decipher his dying father's uh, so-called lies, basically. Right, um, right. And, yeah, it's it's a very moving film. Uh, and it's very underrated because uh, no one really talks about it. No, I saw it. I've seen it once many years ago, and I, I need to see it again because I don't remember much about it. Mm. Oh, so yeah, we got the the dad comes up with so many outlandish tales, and you know the the son is trying to convince him that you know they're not true, but then he realizes they they come to a reconciliation at the end, and he realizes that the characters in the stories are true, to to a certain extent, basically. I seem to remember that more or less every woman is played by the same character, or same I, actor, isn't it? Oh, I just yes. I just remember a line where someone said. To your father, every woman was your mother, or something like that. Oh yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, anyway, I can't remember. That long time ago. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of hated Sweeney Todd. Um, I, yeah, I think I just had enough of Tim Burton stuff, oh. as indeed has Helen of Bonham Carter. Um, <laughs> well, I'm trying to look. Um, her, so one of her earliest films, A Room with a View, I saw this year. Um, I think based on an Ian Forster book, I think, uh, which plays alongside Maggie Smith. They're going to Venice. I think it's in Venice. Somewhere in Italy, um, and yeah, she, she playing quite different to what you normally see her now. She's playing this kind of ingenue, um, very um, wide-eyed society kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's worth a watch. Um, Hamlet. I don't know if you've you've heard of a little little play called Hamlet, Zijun. Um, no, what is it about? It's about a Danish prince um, <laughs> who goes off his rocker, as played by Mel Gibson in this version, which I thought wasn't bad actually. Um, I remember watching a clip from in A level English, and our English teacher speaking very disparagingly of uh, Mel Gibson as a Shakespearean actor. But, uh, she plays a failure in that. Uh, Fight Club, of course. Yep. Um, where she uh, she goes a lot more shocking, but does that well. I, I won't do all of these because there's quite a few. But uh, the King's Speech, she's very good in the King's Speech. She does. She plays uh, the wife. Mm. Or the Queen Mother. The Queen um, Mother, as she became known, yeah, yeah, um, to to Colin Firth. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think she was probably Oscar nominated for that, from memory. She, she was, she definitely was. Yeah, Helena Bonham Carter is also one of those actresses where I thought mm, we have won an Oscar if it was a 
good year. For yeah. Her. Has mm. she won one? No, she's not won one no, before, I don't okay. think. Mm. Uh, in more recent recent films, she was in Enola Holmes, um, mm. who, and she plays uh, the Holmes's mother. Yes. Uh, yeah. for, um, she was also in Oscar, oh, I'm not Oscar, Ocean's 8. Yeah. As a fashion designer who will never see, who will have zero use in the sequel, because I have no clue what her contribution to the team would be like ever. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure we're getting a sequel. Um, no, uh, she was uh, in Les Misérables. Yes, she plays uh, Madame Thénardier uh, a lot alongside uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, okay. Yeah, I, I love that film. Oh, yeah, really. I, I do like the film. She was also in Cinderella. Hmm. One of the one of the better Disney live action remakes, directed by her ex Kenneth Branagh. Um, cool. She was also in Suffragette. The worst film on this list, on my list at least, um, Terminator Salvation. Yep, same. Yep. Cool. Uh, my favorite is probably Les Mis, actually. Uh, I do like Les Mis. I also do like Cinderella, but I'm going to promote uh, Big Fish. I'm going Big Fish. Cool. Uh, next time we're going back to look back in Oscar where we watch a film that's won the Best Picture Oscar. What are we watching next time, Zijan? A decent musical for once. Uh, Chicago. It's Diana the Musical. Winner of Best Picture <laughs> Oscar. We, we are preemptively uh, <laughs> for for the Academy Awards 2022 yeah. where Diana the Musical will win Oscar Sweep for Best the board. Picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, Chicago, as you say, um, a film that I've only seen once, so I'm looking forward to seeing that again. Uh, and the moment we've all been waiting for <sighs> it's the quiz on actors who were in Neighbours which really I only did for Simon's benefit my brother he loves Neighbours I hate um, it so much is not happy not happy at all my question's a little bit dull if I'm honest they're all following a very similar format uh, for which I apologise um, but I'll go off first which former Neighbours actress played the green fairy in Moulin Rouge uh, that's Kylie Minogue it is Kylie Minogue good work uh, question one: Name the documentary film chronicling uh, chronicling the life of Kylie Minogue. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, but or maybe I can guess it. Mm-hmm. Um, can't get her out of our head. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's called White Diamond. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> uh, which former name was actress played Shearer in Taken? Taken. Uh, taken the Liam Neeson film. She played what? Sorry, uh, Shira. Shira. I've seen Taken before. Uh, let me guess. Um, I had a whole list of uh, <laughs> of actresses that I can't remember them. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not Margot Robbie, but I'm going to go with let's say. Uh, Delta Goodrum. Ooh, Holly Valance. Ah, uh, close enough. You have Australian singers. That's where you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This question too. Which prime minister did Jim Broadbent play in the Legend of Tarzan? And if you're wondering why this comes out, Margot Robbie is in Tarzan as Jane Foster. <laughs> I saw this film not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I have no recollection of Jim Broadbent being in it. Um. It's a British Prime Minister, I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be Winston Churchill, isn't it? Nope. No? No. It's the, the third Marquis of Salisbury. <laughs> Who is he? I have no idea. I don't know. 
Wow. You really took this took this out on me, I see this one. This yeah, happens. of course. I, I can see some I can see some bitterness coming through in these questions. <laughs> Good. Um what was Guy Pierce's character called in Iron Man three? Um Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> that seems like quite a nice question, I thought. I know. Oh no. Oh, no, I, can, I can think this true. I can definitely okay. think this true. You can cut all this bit out. <laughs> yeah. Something like Elden Killage or something like that. Dang it. I know it's close to that as That's well. It's close. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can give it to you, though. Uh, I know. <laughs> if you, you, I'm afraid I can't give it to you, because, but you basically you've mixed up the uh, the endings of the two words. It's Aldrich oh. Killian. Oh, yes. Oh, no. I'm annoyed with myself. Hmm. Well, you don't like you won't like the next. Three any more questions, questions about anyway. the third Marcus of Salisbury? Then it's, it's okay. You'll hit the next three questions anyway. Okay. Question three: Which Russell Crowe's film has a tagline "Time waits for one man"? Time waits for one man. All my questions are guessable, though. Yeah, no, that's, I like that question. I, I feel like I mean, it feels like a time travel film or something. I'm trying to think of. I don't think Russell Crowe's done any that I can think of. Uh, time waits for one man. I can't think of any Russell Crowe films where he would be doing anything vaguely time travelly. He sure was. T- it's not Guy Pierce. He was in the Time Machine. That was. Um, it's definitely not Guy Pierce. Oh uh, dear. Uh, time waits for one man. I don't even. I don't even think whether Russell Crowe's in this film. But I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, New York Winter's Tale. No, it's three ten to Yuma. Okay, that's guessable. Mm-hmm. Not time travel. Just. Yeah, that's, the time is in the, the title. It's a good film. Good film. Uh, who did Margot Robbie play in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I'm so annoyed now. I know this as well. I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the names all mixed up. <laughs> oh, no. Why? I'm, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying this. I've just no. <laughs> I know this as well. And it's bugging me so much. Why, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Oh no, no, I can't. The annoying thing is that I saw this as well and said, like, oh, I'm pretty sure a question will come up from this. <laughs> you've mentioned this so many times in all the previous podcasts before this came out. Yeah. Uh, no, you've I even got a reference in, um, in the C to Z Awards, I think. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, no clue. Uh, Sharon Tate. Yes, that's the one. Mm. She was uh, in real life murdered by his gang, but in this film was not. Oh, okay. Uh, question four. In Memento, which I know you've watched because you loaned me the DVD. It's a great, it's a great film. Yeah. Yep. So because I know you watched it. You've gone for a really obscure question. <laughs> yeah. What occupation did Leonard Shelby have before being attacked and getting enterograde amnesia? Um, he was... I'm not sure. What the, I lost a just, I guess. What, an insurance claim analyst. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Honestly, right, I deserve to lose this quiz. <laughs> well, here's your last question. Um, it follows a similar format to some of the previous ones. Uh, which former Neighbours actor plays Billy the Kid in The Expendables 2? Liam Hemsworth. He's Liam Hemsworth. Very good. Okay. To tie, Colin. Yep. This is a long question. Colin. Okay, I'll settle in. <laughs> the fake movie trailer of the sequel of which series uh, of action comedy films have cameos from the Hemsworth brothers, Russell Crowe and Margot Robbie. 
This appeared at the Super Bowl and got many positive reviews, so much so that a film of it was put under consideration. Uh, it's got to be Crocodile Dundee. It is. Yeah, I saw that. Mm. There you go, two all. No, uh, I deserve to lose this. I should have gotten like all the other questions. Okay, so oh. there's, uh, there's um, a few highs and lows there. Uh, more uh, lows than highs. <laughs> um, what are you quizzing on next time, DJ? I Jaws. Cool. And all its sequels. That's a lot fewer films. Um, speaking of four-letter film titles, um, what is our main topic for next time? <laughs> we will be watching uh, Dune. Dune. Something tells me that Dune's also going to be really long. Yeah, I haven't checked. Is. But it probably is. But still, uh, looking forward to it. See you then. Bye.